Our battered suitcases were piled on the sidewalk again. We had longer ways to go, but no matter. The road is life. Jack Kerouac on the road. We all carry suitcases filled with the flotsam and jetsam of our experiences. These satchels are that which is us. And we open them and share them in order to connect. Every road is an adventure. Every path a journey. Most are mundane and normal. Some are quite peculiar. I'm Don Hall, and these are my peculiar journeys. Cancel culture, the Karen phenomenon, Donald Trump's nonstop tirades about fake news, the Olympiad of victim status, Twitter trolls, the alt-right, the woke. These seemingly disconnected elements all have a very specific thread in common. They derive from the rewards given to people who complain loudly and without pause. Sometime in corporate culture overseeing the idea of customer service, it was decided that the customer is always right. And that very powerful framework has slowly infected all aspects of our culture. Is this steak overcooked? Of course it is. Customer's always right. Did I feel threatened by that black kid with the hoodie and the Skittles? Of course you did. Customer's always right. Is asking me where I'm from racist? How could it not be racist? The customer is always right. Is journalism that criticizes me every single day fake? Duh, the customer is always right. Is suggesting that a trans woman is not a biological woman transphobic? Especially if you wrote the Harry Potter books because the customer is always right. Anyone who's ever worked in the service industry understands what a bucket of lukewarm smegma that mantra represents. It permeates our every dealing with people. It, it creates this sense of entitled behavior that rewards talking over someone to get what you want and emphasizes that in a world filled with 7 billion people, all moments from being crushed by an earthquake or leveled by a pandemic, we each deserve a specific kind of treatment from one another. None of us forest apes who learn to read deserves anything ever. As the former house manager of a nationwide radio show, former manager of Chicago's Millennium Park, and current manager in a small off-strip casino in Las Vegas, I'm used to the drill. I have my own approach that effectively cancels cancel culture in my rooms, defangs the Karens, and ignores the cries of victimhood used to get stuff. First, do not meet hostility with hostility. This one took me years to figure out, but as soon as you react to their hostility, the game is afoot. This is... Not, however, the same as saying, let them call you names and scream at you. When I have guests hit me with the DEFCON 5, I turn and walk away. Give it a beat and return. If they continue, I walk away again. I am, in effect, training them how to approach me. He's six foot five inches, approximately 350 pounds, and he is furious. I approach him to see what he needs, and he launches into a rambling, this motherfucker, and fuck this shit, and what the fuck is wrong with you people? I hold up my hand and say, I'll be right back. I walk away. I stop and pick up an empty beer bottle and toss it in the trash. I come back. What the fuck was that? You fucking with me? The hand goes up. Give me a second. I walk away. This time I go to a regular who's playing a lightning zone machine, and I chat him up for a minute. I come back. So, what can I do for you, sir? He starts to gin up again. The hand comes up. He stops. He has figured out the game. 
He thinks for a moment, then speaks more calmly about the fact that his $20 bill was stuck in a video poker machine. I smile, make a joke about him breaking my machines with his ill-gotten money, and open the machine up, return his 20 Second, do not argue. Argument indicates there is basis for their shitty behavior. Remember, they're trying to get something from you. You are in control of the situation. It's all about choices. His fucking face mask shit is all liberal bullshit. I can't breathe, and the only reason they're making up this whole coronavirus shit is to tank the economy so Trump loses. Okay, I need you to put the mask on, or I'll have to leave. You'll have to leave the casino. But you see there, right? It's all just a bunch of bullshit. It's also unfucking constitutional. Force me to wear a mask. It's goddamn against my freedom of choice. That aside, I need that mask on, or you gotta walk the walk. Why? Mask or split? No wiggle room. I'm sorry about that, but then's the rules. Motherfucked. No disrespect to you, but this is crap. Maybe so, but the mask goes on and stays there, or you need to head out. Third, do not give them what they want if their behavior is demanding. Requests are awesome. Demands come from children. Children rewarded for making demands become the biggest cunts in society. A variation on the never negotiate with a terrorist becomes never negotiate with an entitled vicious dickweed. Offer them a choice of your choosing that may come close, but it's never exactly what they want unless they request with humility and civility. A tale of two guests. Guest number one is apoplectic about the fact that the television in his room isn't working. He berates the desk clerk, demands to see the manager. When I come over, he demands that he be compensated or he will tweet about the hotel side of the place. I ask the clerk if the engineers have been by to check the TV. They have, and it is working now. The guest demands he be comped for the night for his trouble. I smile and say no. Guest number two checked in around 3 p.m. after a long drive. It's 109 degrees outside, and his air conditioning is broken down. The engineers couldn't fix it. He requests some sort of perk for having to sleep in the stipend of the heat. Even a free breakfast would be fine, he says. I comp him his entire stay. Fourth... If all else fails, confuse them. Confusion in the moment burns away the steam in a fraction of a second. She's so worked about her, uh, worked up about her claim that the ATM kiosk did not dispense her $40 that no amount of calmly assisting her is possible. She's been met with disbelief from one security officer, encountered a rhetorical shrug from the cage teller. At the moment I am called over, imagine that, a black woman screaming at full volume that she better see a manager right fucking now, is clenched like a fist and is bouncing on the balls of her feet as if to leap into some MMA-style melee with the now three security officers. We're at that place when patience is lost on all sides and she's dragged out of the place, put in cuffs, and the police are called. I can see this unfolding from across the room. I approach, and she spins on me and unleashes a volley of rage-filled verbiage accompaniment by no small amount of spit, her face mask forced from her face from sheer energy. The moment is saved by Blue Swede on the ever-present casino soundtrack. Whoa! Hold on! I cry. My hands go up in the air in a show of joy. I look at the officers, I look at her, and freeze in place. Ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka, ooga. I sing, I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. Confusion. The disconnect between what was going on before the song and in that moment resets the things a bit. I smile, 
sorry, I freaking love this song. Now, what can I do for you? I grew up in what was enshrined the me generation of the 1980s, with so much of our daily lives encapsulated in performative behavior, the desire to be famous as a higher goal than to be wealthy, the nonstop seeking of approval via endorphin hits of likes and retweets, the awareness that we are constantly being filmed by everyone with a smartphone. We seem to be in the look at me generation. I mean, for Christ's sake, what narcissistic asshole first invented taking a picture of yourself as a normal part of our behavior? We've subtly been trained to expect reward from increasingly demanding and childish behavior. It isn't enough to accept that in order to succeed in an overwhelmingly service in industry-centered economy, we have to capitulate to being fed a shit sandwich and smile pleasantly as we choke it down for the sadly meager hourly wage. Rather than meet this with resignation turned to resentment and our own sense of rage, we have control of the moment. Every interaction is a teaching, a retraining moment. There is a difference between a demand and a request. Learn to reward the requests and stonewall the demands until they transform to requests and you begin the process of one by one training people with a strategy of cooperation rather than contention leads to more favorable outcomes. The customer is not always right. In fact, the customer is often completely wrong. You can shift the behavior without abandoning the values of good service. Train people to expect reward from civility, and people will start to be civil. And welcome to episode 83 of Peculiar Journeys. Do me a solid if you are one of the, you know... 13 or 14 people that listen to Peculiar Journeys and you have any kind of social media presence whatsoever, I would genuinely appreciate it if you could uh, share that along. I don't have any more. As, as you recall, if you listen, uh, you know I don't have Facebook or uh, Twitter. And Instagram's not a really great vehicle for promoting uh, podcasts. So if you've got any kind of social media presence and you genuinely enjoy uh, what I'm dropping, then please share that with a few folks. Uh, just to see if we get a few more people listening. I really appreciate that. All right. We are now full in the pandemic. Second wave of the surge, the first surge. It's not the second wave. It's the second wave of the first wave. It's just getting insane out there. Uh, here in Las Vegas, all the bars are shut down, including the casino bars. There is a day-to-day concern that the pools are going to get shut down, that the gyms are going to get shut down, that the casinos are going to get shut down. I don't really have, uh, I, at this point, I don't know. At this point, I have no idea. It feels like every single day I'm bal- balancing on a toothpick, just sort of like, all right, what's going to happen today? I mean, so many weird shit. I mean, literally, in the last three weeks, we've gone from George Floyd and the protests of George Floyd's death to protests all over the world that have fuck all to do with George Floyd and have more to do with these are like Bernie supporters that went, hey, let's let's go ahead and say Black Lives Matter, but really what we're protesting is capitalism. And so all hell's breaking loose all over the place. In Portland, they're trying to stop, you know, they've got the federal government coming in with military troops to prevent people from tearing down statues. All hell is broken loose in all of America and mostly the world, but America the most. 
Um, as I wrote at one point, we are all the Florida of the world. America has become a giant half-naked man sniffing bath salts, screaming about gators. It's just where we're at. Now, one of the things that I will say is, you know, little choices make a difference. And it's the little tiny choices. I don't know if I believe in destiny so much as the power of little choices becoming bigger uh, results and one of those random lucky choices. I've got uh, a number of friends out there who are freelance and are just—they're just swimming in debt. They have no—they don't see any any end to this economic downturn, and it's going to be a long time before this economic downturn finds any kind of rock bottom and then starts to build up. But I can say, in terms of random lucky choices, uh, Dana and I moved to Las Vegas a couple years ago randomly. Um, I had no freelance. I tried. I worked the freelance for a little while here in Vegas, but it just wasn't finding purchase. So I got a, a, a job. And I can tell you that right now, as a casino manager, I and it's this tiny little shithole uh, casino on the off strip of Las Vegas, I couldn't be happier to be a cog. Uh, making money and keep saving some money and making sure all the bills are paid. And that is uh, that puts me in the top. 95 percentile or whatever i don't even know what percent how that percentile shit works but that is something uh, i'm quite happy to be i'm also realizing uh how how uh more centrist i am that's been an interesting uh perspective that i'm discovering and uh with that in mind uh here's a second piece You sound like that guy, Tim Allen, on that TV show. You should go to Fox and see if you could get your own show. I don't think of you as a lefty, but more like a rational person. What happened to you since you moved to Vegas? Are you wearing a MAGA hat yet? I told him you were a Chicago left kind of guy and that saying things like Chinese virus was going to set you off. What? You mean you support the protests? I thought you weren't a libtard. The strange need to be a part of one side or the other, like political thought as a high school football game, has become more pervasive in the past decade or so, reducing a population of 330 million individuals to the simplest red or blue is no different than the ridiculous notion spawned by Robin DiAngelo and other anti-racist proselytizers that the very notion of individualism is a racist myth. You know, lump everyone into a subcategory, stereotype, then go with that. The friends back in Chicago believe I was a full lefty, which is a bit like the idea from the Ben Stiller comedy Tropic Thunder that an actor should never go full retard, until I had my run-in with the poisonous Latino storyteller and her gang of fuckheads, which is not true. I was writing about the bizarre hypocrisy of the extreme left on my old blog years prior, and do almost entirely from my experience of dating and living with a communist and racial activist. I've never been full retard in this ideological game playing. Perhaps because I'm too contrarian to ever completely follow a dogma, or maybe because I'm just in love with having both sides of the coin despise me. Dunno. Don't much care. I'm Irish, and Freud stated that the Irish cannot be psychoanalyzed, so stop trying already. 
I find pretty much every single syllable of the right-wing position on practically everything to be a bit noxious, so I'd gamble that I'm not conservative. There are conservatives who hate Donald Trump. I appreciate their hatred and that they will do their best to get rid of him, but I'm not on their side. Likewise, I find the culture of the woke to be equally obnoxious and hypocritical. I see a coin with white supremacy on one side and critical race theory on the other. Both equally racist, both equally separatist, two sides of the same racist coin. To posit that rationality, being objective, relying on science, and being on time are vestiges of whiteness is just a flip of the coin to state that black people are irrational, wholly subjective, anti-science, and perpetually late, and that shit is flat out racist. Now it occurs to me that Twitter has become the Fox News of the left, an echo chamber, an ideological bubble used to merely spread dogma and one-sided perspective. I mean, it's just dishonest. It's just as angry. The battle has devolved into which side gets to be Big Brother in our Orwellian nightmare. I suppose I'm much more vocally critical of the extreme left because I still consider myself, well, you know, left. In terms of embracing a label, the most recent one that fits is from Hidden Tribes, which is a, a, a quiz which, after taking the quiz, indicates that I am a traditional liberal. And they say that traditional liberals, 11% of the population, tend to be cautious, rational, and idealistic. They value tolerance and compromise. They place great faith in institutions. Sounds okay. I'm no longer confused at my place in the ideological spectrum. Since Newt Gingrich adopted the politics of obstruction and winning at all cost is no compromise solution to power, the GOP has been playing an ugly game, polarizing a base of rigid social conservatives and using those social issues, abortion, gay rights, civil rights, and immigration scares, to do their level best to roll back everything FDR did. According to most I meet in this camp, I might as, might as well be uh, wearing a Hillary Clinton pantsuit and singing La Internationale while using my phone to film the police. The left was fairly fractured anyway, but the woke nonsense was at best fringe until we had a nationwide shutdown due to pandemic and everyone spent a lot more time on Twitter. And suddenly these crackpot extremes of socialist, Marxist, and wholesale rejection of white people, men, and heterosexuality took hold on a confined population looking for something to do with their pent-up frustration. According to most I know in this camp, I'm a neo-Nazi KKK sympathizer who routinely sexually harasses women while checking up their skirts for a hidden dick. The core of the far right's worldview is organicism. And that's the idea that society functions as a complete, organized, and homogenous living being adapted to the community they wish to constitute or reconstitute, whether based on ethnicity, nationality, religion, or race. The concept leads them to reject every form of universalism. The core of the far left's worldview is identity Marxism, or the idea that society is comprised of two categories, the oppressor and the oppressed, utilized in the same manner as traditional Marxism's duality of the workers and the capitalists. Adapted to the community they wish to constitute or reconstitute, whether based on ethnicity, nationality, religion, or race, the concept leads them to reject every form of universalism. I being the traditional liberal I am, and, and maybe I should just start a bowling league, I don't know, favor ethical universal, I, well, I'll tell you what, favor ethical universalism, universalism. Say it with me, universalism. And that is the position, I can't say it, but I know what it is, it's the position that there is a universal ethic 
which applies to all people, regardless of culture, race, sex, religion, nationality, sexuality, or other distinguishing feature, and all the time. To quote the late, great John Lewis, we all live in the same house. We all must be part of the effort to hold down our little house. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, go do something about it. Say something, have the courage, have the backbone, get in the way, walk with the wind. It's all going to work out. Funny that. That belief used to get me in the lefty clubhouse. As the far left and the far right continue to devolve into warring factions, dragging the rest of us into their vortex, it seems that those of us less gullible and more skeptical of cult speak have no clubhouse to occupy. It's okay, though. By the numbers, I know. You far right guys think the numbers are fake, and you far left guys think the numbers represent white supremacy. But by the numbers, there are far more of we ethical universalists than the two of the extremes combined. And I'm all right being in that club. And that is episode 83 of Peculiar Journeys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you know anybody that might be interested in listening to me ramble on, I certainly appreciate you sharing that information with them and see if they can uh, they want to dig into the vast archive of 83 episodes and see what else they might enjoy. With that in mind, do me a favor, wear a mask, social distance, take care of yourselves, um, don't get too crazy. Please don't go into a, a public place and act like an asshole or a mask hole. Um, do your best to take care of yourselves, your family, and uh, you know, make a few bucks here, make a few bucks there, but don't put yourself at any kind of risk. We're going to get through this. I totally believe we're going to get through this. We're going to get through our election in 2020. We're going to have football again. There will be movies again. There will be theater again. And uh, we will all be able to look back on this and say, wow, that changed everything. This has been another episode of the Peculiar Journeys podcast. For archived episodes, go to donhall.vegas podcast to hear stories of Chicago, of Millennium Park, and of the big move to Las Vegas. If you dig the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and review the show. If you really dig the podcast, why not go to patreon.com slash peculiarjourneys and help fund the endeavor. Whatever you decide to do, thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for more of my peculiar journeys.